in a world where jobs are how most people make money. One man, one desire, one challenge dares to break the mold. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where we don't work for money. Money works for us. Coming soon, viewer discretion advised. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manassero. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. I'm your host, Bill Manassero, and this is the show where 50 plusers and anyone else who wants to join us get solid, no sales pitch real estate investing advice to help generate real cash flow. This podcast airs twice weekly on Mondays and Fridays, and if you aren't already a subscriber, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, type in Old Dogs, spelled D A W G S, find our podcast and subscribe. Well, we've got a great guest for you today. This is Matthew Ablican. And uh, Matthew began his journey at a very young age uh, where trading Pokemon cards began to teach him a variety of skills, such as how to negotiate and the importance of demand and supply. As he entered high school, Matthew began to sell Jansport backpacks, hair straighteners, and dog tags to his peers. He also began to dabble into mutual funds on a small scale and began learning more about investing. Upon entering the university, uh, Matthew worked part-time jobs as a cook, waiter, and manager of a couple restaurants in order to help pay for his tuition. This taught him many valuable lessons in communication, hard work, honesty, and transparency. It was in those early years that Matthew began to learn more about real estate and investing, and he invested in his first pre-construction condo at the age of only 19 years of age. With zero help from his immigrant parents and by using a flexible deposit payment plan and part of his student loan. Well, Matthew, welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. Hey, thanks for having me, Bill. Happy to be a young dog on our old dog network. <laughs> yeah, well, we call you young pups here. And uh, <laughs> later on, you'll graduate to old dogs. So, uh, <laughs> but we're glad to have you on. Hey, you know, we learn a lot from uh, young pups here. So we enjoy having folks like yourself on. But uh, you've got a great background. I love it. Uh, you know, starting off even, uh, you know, back in elementary school, uh, sound like a, a born salesman here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what liked, I'd love to hear how you, you know, you got into real estate, uh, you know, how you transitioned in, you kind of got an overview on your, your bio, but uh, maybe you can tell me, you know, about some of your early projects and so forth and how you grew it from there. Yeah, for sure. So my parents came to the country in the mid 80s. They left a a uh, communist, socialist, totalitarian government state, and they wanted to pursue a better life for their future family. 
My parents came from the same place in the Middle East, and they actually met here at a local church. They got married. They had myself and my younger brother. And, you know, what I saw from them, because their, their credentials, their educational credentials did not transfer over. They were both teachers back home. And what I saw from them was different businesses, coffee shops, um, convenience stores, and different types of businesses where they had to get into, not because it was the cool thing to do, you know, like nowadays everybody throws around that they're an entrepreneur. Um, it wasn't the cool thing for to, for them to do. It was actually the the important thing for them to do, and it was a necessity. So I saw what they were going through. I saw on the weekends when we would go with them to wholesalers to buy products at a lower cost so they could resell it at a higher cost and make a profit. We were part of... Uh, part of, uh, I guess, their, their volunteers, their workforce, my brother and I, we would help them. And so I saw that from a very, very young age. And when I got into high school and all that stuff, it was just a matter of uh, sheer necessity that I, I needed money. I wanted money. I wanted to, to make a lot of money. And I would sell different kinds of things. I would have access to hair straighteners. I would have access to dog tags. I would have access to backpacks. And I used to have two lockers. One of them carried all my goods and one of them uh, carried my books and <laughs> it was fun. It was extremely fun. Um, you know, it's funny because I used to do it in secret because if, if the teachers or, or principals found out, you know, they penalize you, which is very, very surprising, but nonetheless, it was something that I enjoyed doing. Um, I was already investing in mutual funds and high interest savings accounts when I was 16 years old. I was learning a lot of the old dogs that I had around me, which was great. And I wanted to do a little bit more. So I stumbled across uh, what we have here in Ontario, a pre-construction real estate opportunity, which is simply buying off of floor plans uh, from a developer, a reputable developer who's going to construct uh, a project, you know, whether it's two or three or four years down the road. So we have a lot of municipal red tape from our local governments and provincial and federal governments here in Canada. So a project takes a long time to be constructed and and Bill, as you know, in real estate, and I'm sure your listeners and uh, listeners know that real estate takes time. It's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. And that's one of the benefits we have here where you could get into a project, into a property and not require a mortgage. So you didn't need a mortgage. You don't need the full down payment up front. And again, you have time on your side because when you buy it today at today's price, you lock it in for three or four years. So I was able to purchase something using part of my student loan and a little bit of money that I had saved from two restaurant jobs and from anything else that I was selling. And I was able to get into this condo that fast forward 11 years later, I actually still own it. I've, I've held everything that's in my portfolio and I got into real estate sales right after I bought it. And now I've built a group of companies where we service our clientele, but I'm still investing everything I earn. I reinvest into my own portfolio and my own properties. So that was the start of it. Now we've been, we're celebrating our 10 year anniversary in real estate and, and mortgages as a group of companies uh, a couple of days from now. So we're, we're very happy with what we've achieved so far. Wow. That's uh, very exciting. And uh, what, uh, you, if you can just kind of give us an overview of the other companies involved. Yeah, so Millennials Choice is the is the name of the company, and I know it says Millennials, but we're old school Millennials, we're first generation, so we have that old school spirit. We love learning from more experienced folks than than us. Um, so it's it's the core pillar is real estate sales. We're a real estate brokerage, 
And then the two complimentary services that we offer our clientele um, are mortgages and life insurance slash estate planning. So we have our own mortgage brokerage. We have our own life insurance agency. And it's all under one roof, which is which is very convenient for clients and very uh, not only convenient, but it saves them time and money nowadays, especially everybody's so busy with what they have going on. They get to speak with one person or whoever the team members that they're working with and they get to they get to acquire all those services under one roof. Oh, that's neat. Are you uh, uh, are you still actively investing? Yes. Yes, I bought four properties this year. I bought five properties last year. I'm looking to acquire a few properties now. I've I've been making offers, but with the limited supply, um, it's very hard to get something. The deals are still out there. I know that for for a fact. But I'm I'm looking. I'm looking, and I'm actively buying. Yes. And that's your personal portfolio, right? Uh, not necessarily a, a separate business. Personal portfolio. That's right. Now, are you investing primarily in Canada? Yes. Wow. Okay. And you're saying there's still still deals to be had up there, huh? Canada's young, and we're in, we're in the best city in Canada. We're in the most recognized city, one of the most recognized cities around the world, Toronto. So it's it's much cheaper than New York. It's much cheaper than London, Tokyo, and other parts of the world. And there are tons of opportunities out here it's it's young it's a young country we have a very pro immigration policy here with uh, 450,000 new immigrants immigrating to our province in Ontario mostly in Toronto um, every single year so all those people need a place to live and and usually new immigrants uh, will will rent before they purchase so it's it's massive opportunities here massive opportunities Wow, that's great. Now, and what kind of properties are you buying? You mentioned four uh, this year. Um, what what, uh, what types of uh, properties? I'm mostly in the single family space. So whether it's a single family home or a row house, a townhouse, we call them, and condos, those, those are typically what I'm investing in. More recently, I've acquired um, some small multifamily, three, four units, um, and as well as I've, I've, purchased a couple of pieces of land that is suitable for development into three or four unit multifamily properties. So I'm looking to get into now transition. I have a portfolio of 24 properties um, and I'm looking to transition from the single family into more multifamily and land development because there's a lot of opportunity here in land development. Oh, that's great. Uh, uh, are you uh, renting your, your properties out? Yes. Okay, so they're all rentals for the most part. Yes, with uh, the exception of the of the land. Right, right, of course. And have you ever done ground up construction? Would this be uh, if you develop that land? Will this be the first uh, uh, sort of ground up project for you? Yes, I. My main specialty at the real estate brokerage is working with builders and developers. So I've had the privilege to learn a lot over the last ten years. Uh, sitting in, in meetings with those builders and developers and helping them come up with a product and a business plan and things like that. So this will be my, whenever I choose to develop, it'll be my first development. I've not constructed anything as of yet. And, and what kind of markets do you like to invest in? I'm primarily in, uh, I am in Ontario and I'm primarily in what we call the greater Toronto area, 
I'm uh, about 45 minutes away from the greater Toronto area in terms of my my properties, but also I'm in the greater Toronto area. So I like to buy in, I like to buy in markets where the government is pro-development, is pro-jobs, is pro-entrepreneurs, um, is, is, and also I like to buy in markets where I know there's a shortage of rental housing. And I know nowadays everybody's throwing around, I don't know how it is where you guys are, but here everybody keeps throwing around affordable housing, affordable housing, we need more of it. And rentals, the, the governments are really incentivizing developers and, and property owners uh, to create more rental housing. So I like to buy in those markets where the rental markets are strong and, and there's a need for it. That's great. That's great. Um, and uh, the the cash flow is pretty decent? Yes, absolutely. That's great. Yeah, because I, I heard from, you know, some, some folks, and again, it's all over Canada, there's different different markets, but that, uh, you know, the, the house, we have the, the housing bubble going on there, like we do, you know, where the prices are, are still pretty high. And so I was, you know, I had heard that uh, there was, it was hard to get, you know, much of a cash flow out of that. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, cash flow is very subjective. If you put 35% down, like a lot of multifamily investors do out in the States, like Grant Cardone, for example, he always does 35 points down your cash flow. But if you, you're, you're trying to get in with the bare minimum, it might be difficult to cash flow on any property, not only here, but, but perhaps in the States as well. So it really depends on your strategy and what it, what it is you're looking, uh, you're looking to do. We are in, currently we are experiencing high rates of inflation in the rental market. So year over year, rents are up 20%, 25%, 26%, and, and, and uh, other double-digit numbers in certain pockets. So we're about to experience that massive increase in, in rental, uh, the cost of renting a property. So just to put it in perspective, a 500-square-foot condominium in Toronto is currently renting on average for $2,300 a month plus utilities. Wow. So depending on what market you are in the States, you don't get those numbers. You, you get less, but you know, with volume, it's a lot, um, with volume, it's a lot easier to scale where you guys are, but we have a strong market because there's a, there's a huge shortage of housing. So if people play the long game and, and they have a certain strategy, they will cash flow and they will cash flow. It's, it's happening now We're we're cash flowing on properties that we bought last year. Um, it also depends on how you go about your debt. So our debt here is very different. Um, you guys can lock in your mortgage rates. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 10, 15 years, maybe even 20 years. Oh yeah. 30 still. I mean, uh, and 40. Yeah, we don't do, we don't get that. So we, the maximum we could lock in for is 10 years, but the seven year and 10 year option is never taken. It's the least popular one. It's very expensive. Most people in Canada go for a five-year fixed rate or a variable, which is an adjustable rate mortgage. The problem is a lot of people went the adjustable rate mortgage route and didn't lock in before any rate hikes happened. So they went for a rate of 1% or 1.5%, which is now floating at around 5%. Meanwhile, the fixed rates that you could lock in for up to five years were sitting at 2%, but nobody wanted to do that. So I'm of the opinion where you're buying real estate because of the debt. And that's one of the reasons you're buying it, I should say. And the debt becomes an asset. So I locked in everything at two to two and a half percent for five years. And, you know, the rate of the ROI on that is, is insane with inflation being the way it is. 
And and you have uh, tax deductions like you do in America here for depreciation, uh, uh, mortgage interest, and so forth. Everything. Yeah. The only thing that the only thing that we don't have that you guys have is the uh, I think it's called the 1031 exchange. Right. And we we don't have that here. That's only on our primary residence where we can uh, flip something and after 10 years, 20 years, or whenever it is, as long as it's your primary residence, you will not pay any tax on it and you don't have to exchange it. It's just tax free. But if it's an investment property, you automatically will pay capital gains tax. And the only time that that is not the case, if it's an investment property, is if it's a commercial a retail property or an office space that you are operating your business from and you're choosing to sell that property in order to buy another office space that you're going to be moving into for your own use. So that's, that's, that's the main difference. Mm, okay. Interesting. You also formed a group called the financial freedom club. Is that related to your investing? Yeah. So financial freedom club is just my, my private members club where I have a lot of my clients if they want to take their knowledge and their investing journey to a new level, we get together their private events. We get into deeper conversations with professionals about different topics pertaining to real estate investing. And these are full day events. And we're going to be working on something where it's going to be an online component that's going to be made available for more and more people. And I just co-authored a book with a couple of uh, Americans, actually, uh, Kevin Harrington, one of the original sharks from Shark Tank, as well as Robert G. Allen, and they've promoted it. So we are offering that to our American audience. If people want to get a free copy, if your audience wants, would like to get a free e-copy of that book, I'm happy to send it over to them. Um, they just have to visit the link financialfreedomclub.ca forward slash ebook. Ebook doesn't have a hyphen. And there's no cost to that. I'm glad to send it over to you guys for having me on your show. And uh, I'll share that link with you, uh, Bill, so that you could, you could share it with your right. audience. Yeah, we'll have that in the show notes uh, for the show. That's great. Is it difficult for Americans to invest in, in, uh, in Canada? It's not difficult to invest. If, again, if you have a strategy and you have the right team of, of people around you, like, like I would recommend in any market, and the problem is, is just a lack of awareness, lack of financial literacy, lack of education. We get clients, like even today, and we're entering 2023, we get clients that are saying, I'm just going to wait to save a large enough down payment to be able to qualify for a mortgage. Meanwhile, they have parents or brothers and sisters who can, what's, you know, what's called co-sign the loan or guarantee the loan, and the bank will give it to them today, and they don't have to wait and save money and then battle inflation. Cause we all know you cannot out save inflation. If anything, these last two years have, have shown us that. So it's just a matter of, of raising your awareness of being aware of the options that are available to you. We have a lenders, we have B lenders, we have C lenders, we have different lenders that will cater to different clientele that will, that will be more flexible in certain situations compared to others. And you know, you still get Bill, you still get people that are trying to invest in real estate but are uh, rate sensitive. They want the best rate. Meanwhile, I think the goal for a lot of people should be acquiring as many assets as they can, build up their net worth, get into commercial financing, which is a whole nother animal, and then they'll, get, they'll be able to then grow their portfolio with the best banking terms and conditions. I have zero help from my parents financially. I've never had any help along the way, any financier, no joint ventureships, 
everything I earn, I put into it and it's all public record. This could be looked up online. And I started off working with the lenders. I started off paying rates back in 2015 that are in line with rates today, but yet everybody sees the rates today and it's like, Oh my gosh, the world is coming to an end. But meanwhile, our rates are not different now than they were in 2018 and 2015, but people got spoiled these last couple of years because of the, the pandemic, because the government reduced the rates at an all time low in order to, you know, make sure, I guess the economy was, was, uh, you know, functioning properly. And again, that's just, that's the wrong mindset to have. You got to go long-term, you got to have that long-term mindset and just get into the market. Well, you've been investing for a long time. I mean, you talk about mutual funds and um, even getting involved with real estate at a relatively uh, young age. What, what kind of mistakes did you make early on that you learned from as you moved forward? The biggest mistake I made was not taking advantage of more opportunities. I had that limiting, those limiting beliefs where I would go into a project or go into a property and only buy one. And, you know, fast forward three, four years later, the property doubled in value. Of course, I didn't put up all the money. So my ROI was in the hundreds of percents and I should have bought more than one. So I had my own limiting beliefs. That was the mistake I made. I should have taken bigger risks and it would have brought me to a whole new uh, level at this point in time, but I've learned from those mistakes. And over the last three years, I've, I've been a bit more aggressive in terms of investing. And, and that's again, because of a lack of awareness, lack of understanding on my end, I, I took more conservative choices and I'm very grateful for where they've brought me, but I, I would have liked to take, taken a more aggressive approach early on. Great. And conversely, uh, you know, what have you done? Maybe, maybe something that you implemented early on that has proved to be very successful for you um, in the way that you, uh, you purchase and, and acquire real estate. I only purchased from reputable, if it was a new project from reputable developers, uh, people who have been in the industry uh, for a long time. And I only purchased from them. Uh, so that way my, my monies were protected, which here in Ontario and in Canada, your, your monies are protected by our government, by third-party insurance agencies, by non-for-profit corporations. So they're very safe investments. Worst case scenario, um, it's an opportunity cost if a project gets canceled halfway through. Um, so that was one of the things I did. I bought from reputable developers, but also I bought at the very beginning of a project. I bought a lot of off-market stuff. Things that I saw that there was already some sort of uh, cushion there in terms of appreciation or some equity already built in. Well, you know, our audience are folks that are, you know, 50 years of age and older. They're primarily focused on uh, retirement and either they're in retirement already or approaching retirement. And they're looking at real estate as a means to be able to, to help them to either grow the nest egg they already have or as a means to uh, to increase cash flow in their retirement. What kind of advice would you have for those folks? Yeah, I mean, it's a, obviously it's a different um, age group compared to like what I'm doing and different people have different needs, but to be flexible in the property type, if you're looking for cash flow, maybe it's not necessarily um, a specific property, but anything that cash flows, for my American friends, I always tell them, I go, you guys have a huge, huge upside if you were to invest in Canadian real estate because of the conversion. Just because of the conversion and the strength of the U.S. dollar, you guys already have, on average, 
a 30%, 30% return on your money is just by converting your, your funds. And again, it's safe. It's protected by our government. It's protected by third-party um, insurance companies and non-for-profit corporations. If you're buying something that's brand new, you don't need a mortgage. You don't need the full deposit or down payment. And there are, I, I'm proof, and my, a lot of my clients are, of over the last 10 years, you can make millions of dollars by taking almost zero risk. The only risk you have is if you buy from a developer that's not reputable and they take your money, it's held in trust in a lawyer's trust account, and then they cancel the project, then you get your money back dollar for dollar without any deductions within two business days. That's the only risk. And we don't buy with those developers. We buy from reputable developers who have been in the business for multiple generations, not 20 years, 30 years, multiple generations. Maybe it's a third generation, fourth generation developer now that's building. So these people have a, a real uh, monopoly, I should say, not, not all monopoly, but a monopoly on our market here. They own most of the land. And it's just a handful of families here that, that do that. So it's very advantageous to partner with them and secure something that way. I think that would be a great opportunity for Americans. And again, flexibility on the property would, would be something I recommend. And you have American clients? I do. I do. I have a call with one of them today, actually. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Great. Great. So they can talk to you, you know, more specifically about what's available yeah. and so forth. That's great. Well, uh, sounds like you've got, uh, you know, some great businesses going here. Um, uh, what, what sort of excites you about the future of your business? What excites me is that I'm turning 31 very, very soon. I've been at it for 11 years. We treat people fairly. We, we have lots of good clientele. 90 to 95% of my business is repeat and referrals. And what excites me is that the opportunity that exists over the next 10, 20, 30 years that we plan on doing this. So I'm very grateful. I'm, I'm a, a firm believer on, on gratitude and very grateful for where we're at now. But we have a whole career ahead of us, lots of time, God willing. And that's what excites me to see where we can take it. How, how far can you take it? That's what excites me. Oh, that's neat. Now, you also work with your family uh, quite a bit. Uh, is that correct? <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my wife is... Uh, is the glue to the operation. My brother is my right-hand man. And uh, my, my younger cousin is actually getting licensed. He's almost there in real estate. And so yeah, we, we are, we are family owned and operated, but we do have, we do have other team members that we consider family, but are not family by blood. Did your parents ever grasp onto the real estate investing? Oh yeah. I, I forced them to do it. Whether they, <laughs> they under, they understood it or not. I said, Hey guys, I, I'm going to do my best to plan for your retirement, but you know, we don't want to be on the hook, my brother and I, and, and our families, because we're starting our lives here too. We don't have money to the, you know, our back is against the wall. We don't have money to bank on from my parents. So I said, how are we going to help them? Well, we're going to get them to invest in real estate. So I have, I have shown them what I've done. I have shown them my land. I have shown them my properties. I've taken them to different properties in different cities. And they've been so inspired and motivated, even though they were the ones who would tell me to just get, you know, not get into this business, become a teacher, which is what I went to school for in university, uh, or become a lawyer, the typical immigrant parent mentality. And that's not what I wanted to do, even though I graduated, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. So yes, I forced them to invest with me 
in different projects where I thought it was a suitable investment that I would buy properties for my myself, which I did. And then I would get something with my mom and I would split it with her. I would get something with my brother, split it with him. And just to share the wealth and, and make sure that everybody, everybody's getting uh, something that can benefit them. Oh, that's neat. That's really neat. Wow. Well, uh, gosh, it's great, great stuff going on. Um, and, uh, wow, you educated me in terms of a Canadian real estate. We have a, a segment now we call wrap it up where it's sort of a lightning uh, round where I ask you a series of quick questions about resources that you use so we can share them with our audience. Uh, if you're ready for that, we can go ahead and, and wrap it up. Absolutely. And I just want to say one sure. thing, though, um, a lot of a lot of the Canadians that, you know, are going to America, which is a great market as well. And I, I would love to be in there one day. They, they don't understand a lot of the real estate opportunities that are available to them. So the next time you speak with a Canadian investor, ask them about pre-construction real estate. And nine times out of 10, because of their lack of knowledge, they're going to bash it and they're going to discourage you from it because they don't know what they don't really know how it works. And for them, their mindset is I got to buy turnkey. I got to buy something that I can rent out right away to generate cash flow and all that fun stuff, which is not a bad strategy. I've done that myself. Yeah, I was going to say, can you define for our audience exactly what pre construction investing is? Yeah. So, for example, you're going to you're going to buy off of floor plans. OK, you're going to sign an agreement of purchase and sale. You're going to have 10 days to review with your lawyer and whether that's a condominium or a single family home or a townhouse, whatever the case may be, you buy, you're buying it off of the floor plans. There's a price you pay, you lock it in. You don't have to think about it. You buy an agreement of purchase and you use a agreement of purchase and sale to buy it. And then you're waiting for the builder or developer to actually construct the project. So you're not waiting for them to construct one house out of 10. You're waiting for them to construct 300 houses, 500 houses, community, or if it's a condominium building, like the, the one I recently bought with my mom. And again, if something is good for my mom, it's good for everybody else. But that one that I bought for my mom, that developer has 20 buildings, thousands of units coming in that one location. And we bought at the very beginning. So as time goes on, the builder raises their prices. So you're going to have appreciation in the future happening just by the builder raising prices and the cost of construction increasing, which has seriously um, increased during these last two years with supply chain issues. So builders cannot afford to build these projects today at what we bought them for just two years ago. So there's an automatic appreciation just there and you've locked in the price. All of your monies are guaranteed by the government, your deposit monies. So you buy this property, let's say it's a condominium in a building, you buy it, and then there's a payment plan that you, you have to go through to get to 20% deposit being in the deal. So you got to put a 20% deposit, and all you do is you wait until you get the keys. And the keys could be delivered in three years, four years, whatever the case may be, um, but I'll put it to you this way. I bought my last two pre-construction uh, purchases were, were October, 2021. And they were two condominiums, prime location in Toronto, the city of Toronto, steps away from a university. Uh, it's called the University of Toronto. It's a, it's a renowned university here in Canada. Steps away from there. I paid about 1,050 a square foot 
in these in this building. And I bought two units side by side. Those units are now trading for $1,300 per square foot. So in appreciation, in dollar form, on paper, each unit has made approximately $150,000 in equity, in appreciation. So wow. there's, no, there's no requirement of a mortgage from my end until it's built. There's no requirement of me having the full down payment um, upfront, ready to go. I've only put 15% down in each deal over the last 12 months. And the last 5% is gonna be due whenever I get the keys. And that 15% is guaranteed by our government, by our third party corp, uh, insurance and non-for-profit organizations. So the only thing that there is that's bad about pre-construction real estate is that if three years go by and the builder has a right to cancel the project, if they cancel it, then, which is a very bad look on the builder, then there's an opportunity cost with the money that you put into the deal. So in order to circumvent that risk, we only buy from reputable developers and no developer wants to cancel a project. It costs them a ton of money, millions of dollars. It, it's really bad for their reputation as well. And so we choose to work with large developers so that we can avoid that. Wow. Well, thanks for the uh, explanation there. That, that's really helpful. Well, let's uh, go ahead and wrap it up if you're ready. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, first question, favorite real estate book? Favorite real estate book? Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies by Peter Harris. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think it's another Peter. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He's a great guy. Great book, too. Uh, how about uh, just a favorite general business book? One of my favorite books and it's not so driven by business, but driven by, by uh, motivation is Grant Cardone's 10X book. And I don't know, reading that book just spoke to me. He was, it was like truth was just jumping out of those pages. Very motivational book. Um, 10X, I like that. Strongly recommend yeah, it. Real popular here too. Um, how about uh, a website that you use on a regular basis, just an integral part of your business? I'm not sure if you guys have it in, in the States, but we have something called Purview. It's P-U-R-V-I-E-W. And that gives us access to everybody's, um, in terms of properties, who owns it, uh, if they have any mortgages, if there's registered corporations. gives us a full view of the property behind the scenes. And that enables us to put offers together and structured deals in a, in a, maybe in a creative way if we have to. Wow. And that's every uh, piece of property in, uh, in Canada. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that is a great resource. Wow. Uh, what about a, an app that you use anything on your phone that, uh, is, uh, you know, invaluable for you? Um, let me see it. I'm on my phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see one of the most consistent apps that I use. The same way you guys have Realtor.com, we have Realtor.ca. And Realtor.ca gives us access to properties that are not listed in a certain real estate board that we are a part of. And believe it or not, I don't know how it is on your end, but yeah, it's still very divided here. If we're part of what's called the Toronto Real Estate Board, which is the largest real estate board um, in, in the world, then you know we might not have access to properties that are like 45 minutes away from Toronto. So Realtor.ca gives us access to everything. Oh, that's great. That's great. And uh, 
this one, I don't know if you can relate to this question at all. It's uh, uh, our final question. If you lost absolutely everything, all your assets, and you had to start all over, knowing what you already know, and you only have $1,000, we'll say $1,000 US dollars, because I guess they're worth more here. <laughs> okay. Uh, what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do with that $1,000 to relaunch your real estate investing business? Well, if I lost everything or I had a thousand bucks, I'd probably take a seminar on how to raise capital. Somebody who, uh, you know, has more experience than me in that area with capital and joint ventureships. And ultimately you need money, you need financing. And I would learn how to partner with people with, you know, that have more experience than I do or are looking for deals, have the money, but don't have the deals. And I have the experience and the know-how and the lessons learned. That's probably what I would do because, you know, a thousand bucks American is 1300 bucks Canadian. Can't really buy any properties with that. So I'd probably reinvest in some joint venture seminars, learning how to do that and learning how to raise funds. Gotcha. Smart. Wow. Well, uh, this has been uh, really great. Some great information here. Um, I'm sure there's folks listening to that want to find out more about you and what you do in Canada and, uh, uh, maybe about some of the opportunities up there. And uh, what's the best way for folks to reach you? So you can connect with me on Instagram at Matthew Ablican. Um, if you'd like a free copy of the book, the link is, is going to be in the show notes. Um, Matthew Ablican on Instagram is the easiest way to get a hold of me. I manage my own account. And just let me know that you you heard me from Bill's podcast, and, and we'll go from there. Right. No uh, website or email? They can connect with me as well on millennialschoice.com. Oh, okay, great. Awesome. Or is it .ca? We own both. Oh, okay. All right, <laughs> great. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have Canadian listeners too, so I want to make sure we got, we got it covered, but uh, great. Um, wow. Well, fantastic. Uh, thank you. And, and uh, yeah, if maybe when we get off this call, maybe you can uh, send me the link uh, uh, for the uh, the book. I think that would be a great resource for folks. But we're not finished. Uh, you know, we're called the Old Dogs REI Network here. So uh, we have each of our guests close us out with their best old hound dog howl. <laughs> now, I don't know what kind of dogs they have in Toronto. I don't even know if they have hound dogs up there. But uh, I think you could give us a pretty good uh, dog howl. What do you think? So somebody actually howled? Yeah, um I'm happy to do it, but I, I might I might take your ear off. Uh, <laughs> That's <no. laughs> okay. I've had all kinds of owls, uh, you know, close to 700 uh, uh, podcasts here. So. <laughs> all right, no no problem. I you know I know it's uh I'm gonna I'm gonna howl. I'm gonna give you a wolf howl, and all dogs are you know derived from uh, wolves originally. So I'm gonna give you a classic. Oh, that's a good one. That's, you know, that's my default right there. I, I agree with you. You know, the, 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 the wolf howl is just the best. <laughs> good job. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what we do have, we do have dogs here. Everybody loves their, their dog here. And it's a, it's man's best friend, I guess they say. So a uh, very, very popular thing here for sure. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for Matthew for being on. I think I got some great information about uh, Canadian real estate that I, I didn't expect in the, in the uh, interview, but that's great. I think uh, some good information there. So th thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, Bill. And great job on creating content. It's very important. If, if I had this 10 years ago, when I was first getting into real estate investing 10, 11 years ago, 
it might have changed a lot of uh, a lot of things for me. So keep on creating content. I know it's not easy and. And thanks for having me on. I hope I can return one day. Uh, well, I certainly appreciate it, Matthew. And I want to thank all our old dog listeners out there, too, for joining us. I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing right now, but the fact that you've taken the time to join us means a lot. And we really appreciate it. Now, please note, everything that Matthew talked about today will be outlined in detail in our show notes on the Old Dogs website at olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog. And you're going to look for the episode with Matthew Ablican. Well, that's the show for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.